Wait, what? Podcast on Sunday? Yeah, that's right. This is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is Aaron here with Mr. Silly Sellis. How are you? Good, sir. Uh, my wife almost got put on the, uh, the John Cena and Cesaro list this week. Wait, what? Yeah, she had to actually actually go to the hospital. Um, I didn't tell you this off, off air because I wanted to actually kind of surprise you on air. Yeah, I'm when surprised. When it was snowing and everything, um, you know how ice builds up after it melts for so long if you have warmer weathers. So she had slipped on some ice and really went like, you know, feet, both feet went up in the air and she landed on her shoulder. And if she got right up, you know, she thought she was okay. But that delayed onset of, you know, sometimes your pain comes a little bit later, came onto her and it just wouldn't go away. So we had to go to the hospital just to check it out to make sure nothing was serious. She has no broken bones or anything, but she probably has a sprained AC joint. And I was thinking the whole time, oh, my gosh, we have another John Cena or Cesaro injury where we have to have some shoulder surgery. Not that deep, but just the fact that all these shoulder injuries are happening and and it's really becoming serious. If people don't take care of their shoulders or rotator cuffs, that it can really mess up their wrestling careers. Well, I hope your wife mends soon because I want her to continue her wrestling career. So I hope she's I'm glad she's she's doing okay. That's that stinks, man. I'm sorry that that happened. But she's still working every day. She's at work right now, so she's she's moving. She's doing what she needs to do, but she's being cautious about it. But it wasn't as serious as we as we thought. But like you said, but I appreciate that, you know. But she'll be fine. So what you're saying is she's tougher than John Cena because she's still going to work, whereas he's not. Yeah, that's what you're I saying. I guess you could say that's very true. Wow. Okay. Wow. Big up to her, man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Most definitely. Um. So we're gonna try something new here. As you, we don't normally podcast on Sundays. We're going to try and um, have our programming be more regular so you guys know when to expect stuff from us. We're going to do uh, a small one every week on Sundays called the Sunday Three Count, and then we're going to do our normal deep dive with um, probably more of the crew will make the midweek one compared to the Sunday one. And that'll be more of like a state of wrestling, you know, state of WWE, what happened on Raw type of thing, pay-per-view preview, pay-per-view review, that type of thing. Um but we're going to do the Sunday three count today, and the three counts basically we touch on three uh, quick topics that are big in the headlines, and then we're going to get out. Uh, we expect these to last average of 20 minutes, maybe a little longer depending on how much time we have or how much we have to say about what's happening in the wrestling world. And I want to start uh, with the first of the three topics being Shinsuke Nakamura. He finished up with New Japan. I guess that show was this morning, our time. Something like that's when I saw the video at least, and he he finished up with a six man tag in the main event. I know he tagged with Okada. I feel like Goto was also on their team, but he had one heck of a reaction, and they had like special T shirts that all the guys wore yeah. in the ring to kind of commemorate him. And um, it was a really cool send off. You could tell it meant a lot to him, and that he's it's hard for him to go, but he's ready to take that next step. And did you see the video? I did see the video. I didn't see the whole video in its entirety, but I did see the opening where he he spoke to the fans and everything. You just saw the emotion being poured in when they were taking pictures and everything. And I just thought it was just a very emotional moment at the time. You know, it was it was a very good video. So I guess seemingly what we can kind of gather here is that this this was you know his last match in New Japan. He is having his shirts pulled off of pro wrestling tees off of the New Japan store on there for us American fans. Uh, today is last day. They said if there's still stuff in print, you can still buy one. I I would love to own that classic King of Strong style shirt that he sells on there, but I just don't see it in the cards of me wanting to spend $25 plus shipping on that shirt. 
Um, right. so, so I'm not going to. Plus, like, I could probably go to a monogram shop and have the exact same shirt made. It's pretty simple. Um, right. So seemingly, this is the last time we're going to see him wrestle until we are at TakeOver Dallas in um, in April, on April the 1st, when he mm-hmm. is scheduled. I know this is kind of a spoiler alert type of thing, but it kind of WWE announced it too. But uh, on NXT coming up on their March tapings, uh, William Regal announces that Shinsuke Nakamura is coming into NXT and will debut against Sami Zayn at TakeOver Dallas. And they had some sort of promo with him in it that they had filmed. I don't know how they did it, um, but there's some sort of promo that they filmed with him and they played it to the live crowd. And I guess everybody pretty much freaked out when they saw it because it's just very exciting, a talent of his caliber is finally coming to america on the nxt brand and you know you have him you have apollo cruz on that brand austin aries is coming in very soon you know when when we're getting to see it on the network it kind of seems like they're taking some steps for some of these um talents that have been in nxt for a while to come up to the main roster we've heard the rumors of joe possibly coming up to the main roster depending on how things happen at takeover the uh the raw after wrestlemania what do you make of that kind of in relation to a Nakamura coming in and maybe being a top guy in NXT? And um, who do you think else might come up? Like, do you think Finn comes up yet or is it not quite time? I, I still don't think Finn comes up yet, but I think Nakamura going straight up to the top guy is is great because it gets the, uh, the NXT fans or wrestling fans that just doesn't is not familiar with him in New Japan, uh, New Japan for wrestling that they can get, see him on a scale that's still WWE but still a little scale where it still feels like a um, like a ROH type wrestling event. Yeah. It's not like uh, mainstream yet where, of course, if he went straight to mainstream, that might mess up his career. Kind of like what happened with uh, Tenzai, if you think about that, at, at Jason Albert's character. When he came back, that was huge over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But when they brought that here, the fans just couldn't coordinate what that gimmick was for him. And I think that was the start of his career going into downward motion. So I, don't, I think they don't want to do that same mistake again. I think they probably want him to touch with some NXT superstars that probably be on NXT for a little while, like a Finn Balor, like a Hideo Tommy when he returns, like an Austin Aries when he's still there. So I think he's still got a couple of people that matches his style of wrestling uh, that will be on there. Because actually, I, about Saturday, I looked at a match between him and Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was in Japan Wrestling. And you could tell it was a good match. They had some good chemistry with each other. But you could just tell he kind of felt like underwhelmed a little bit because of his physical stature he's not a big guy he's a smaller guy um so just by him being an nxt with those type of talents i think it will maximize his pro wrestling ability in a wwe scale so by the time he comes to the main roster maybe in the 2017 for wrestlemania 33 um then he'll be much better and more i guess affiliated with the american style versus what he did in new japan yeah absolutely um the the great thing about his style is that he's kind of like I guess what you would call a striker or a brawl, like not a brawler necessarily, but it's not like he's doing crazy flips out of the ring. It's just everything he does exactly. looks good and looks real, and that's going to fit in. I think he's going to fit in really well with WWE more than some of these other talents have in the past where you have mm-hmm. like a Sami Zayn flipping and flying all around the ring um, and getting hurt. Yeah, I, right. I think he's going to do really well. And, you know, I I got word of the official announcement I think I was sitting on the couch watching TV with my wife the other night, and I just was like freaking out. And she thought somebody, I got word somebody passed away because I was freaking out. 
And I just like, no, like this guy's probably like in my top three favorite wrestlers on the planet. And he's finally, he's coming to an event that I have tickets for. Like that's right. just tremendous news. Um, kind of going on a side tangent, spoiler alert, if you want to for- fast forward about 45 seconds here, the NXT TakeOver Dallas card is freaking awesome. It really is. We're going to have Joe and Balor in the main event for the title, Asuka and Bailey, which we've all been waiting to see that match since Asuka came in. You're going to have Shinsuke Nakamura's American WWE NXT debut against Sami Zayn. That would be a great show opener, by the way. It would. would, really would. You're going to have Dash and Dawson defend the tag straps against American Alpha, which you can only assume it's finally time for those tag titles to switch hands. I I would agree. I could those even, two, each, uh, Gable and, you know, they, they've just worked so hard, you know, yeah. in the last four or five months, just both of them. And and actually, what NXT takeover was it last time when it was in the Dusty Classic? What was the name of that um, one? Was that it, was, it was the one that Bailey and Sasha headlined. I think it was NXT TakeOver Respect. Respect, yeah. yeah. And just that match that they had, I think it was in the quarterfinals, and I forgot who they fought. Was it uh, Valor and Joe? I think it was, and yeah, it was a good match. In that semifinal? That was a great match. Yeah, and then on top of all that, it it, it looks like Austin Aries is going to feud initially with uh, Baron Corbin, so we'll probably get that on the show. And then mm-hmm. you figure we're going to see some NXT TV tapings because they did that the last several takeovers. Right. So maybe we'll get, like, you know, Apollo Crews, which I, I still am – I don't know what's going on with him not being, you know, such a big deal. He should kind of be in the mix too, I think, but – Obviously, if you watch Breaking Ground, they say that he has some things to improve on. I th- yeah. I think he's great, but it is what it is. But that's going to just be a stacked card. Like It's it's really cool, as a wrestling fan, ha- holding one of the hotter tickets. <laughs> and, we, yeah. and we have a, a bunch of them. So that's going to be a fun. We got NXT, and uh, WrestleMania. And WrestleMania to cap it off. Um I guess we'll move on to topic two, but yeah, we're we're all jazzed for Shinsuke Nakamura, and I hope that they let him keep his name because he's built that name worldwide. They're starting to let more guys come in with their names too, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, before we move on, Aaron, let me ask you a quick question. Though, yeah, yeah. I know you're a huge Nakamura fan. Yeah, if you can compare him to anybody in WWE Attitude Era, era you know, the old seventies and eighties time, or even Ooh. the current gen of the uh, you know WWE Universe era. Who would you say Nakamura compares to in the WWE that you have already seen before? Or does he have no comparison? I think you can compare him. Okay, so he does a lot of like kicks and, you know, hard elbows and striking. Kind of like some of it's similar to the style that Balor picked up in Japan. Similar to kind of what Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan does when he's on the ground and flying around. Um, He's really good at being flamboyant. Um, He, I mean... If you watch Wrestle Kingdom 9, Jim Ross said that he, uh, Nakamura self-admittedly gets a lot of inspiration just stylistically from uh, Freddie Mercury from Queen and yep. from the late, great Michael Jackson. Uh, they're both late mm-hmm. and great, but I just I needed to say something to round out his name there. So, sure, um, sure. So I don't know who you could compare him to as far as like the, just the way that his presence is, and that's, that's more of an um, – a kind of a feather in his cap is that he he comes across very original in a lot of ways too. Um, I tell you is what, being punk too too daring to compare. I mean, I guess with move set kind of stuff, yeah, absolutely. Um, his finish, the Bumaye kick, is the exact same thing that Daniel Bryan does. Kind of the um, the the big running knee thing he does mm-hmm. to finish matches. Um, so yeah, I would. Um, 
I would compare him to those guys, but also he's kind of original in the same respect. And I just was thinking about this too. If they go back over to Japan and do another network special, oh, that'd be awesome. Him and Hitami, if Hitami can get healthy, just both two Japanese awesome. workers working in Japan under the WWE banner. That's pretty neat. But word word on the street is that Hitami is absolutely nowhere close to being ready. His shoulder injury is a, a bit more serious. He's been out of action for almost an entire calendar year, and we're still not. Not there yet, and that's that's a shame because I like Hideo Itami, and I don't think I'm the only one. Um, yeah. Topic two would be let's talk about karma next. Actually, awesome Kong. Let's make that topic two. You have the yeah. story. You have the story pulled up on your computer, right? I have the story, and I'm I'm taking it right off fansided.com, and I think this is by Daniel Yanovsky. Yeah. He probably tweeted this out this story, and, I, and I'll just read an X. I'm not going to read it in turn, but when I was reading it. I felt a couple of things that had to deal with the people that's involved. And basically, um, it comes to TNA wrestler Awesome Kong and Rebby Sky, the real-life wife of TNA World Heavyweight Champion Matt Hardy, were involved in a violent fight. Now, according to WrestleZone.com, the incident was a result of Kong's disapproving of Sky's intent to change in the women's wrestler locker room. And Kong immediately threw Sky's bag out of the room, and Sky then went to a TNA official. However, there's still different sides to the story regarding who attacked whom afterward, but not helping Kong's cause was finding out that Rebbe and Matt Hardy's son, Maxwell, was nearby making the environment extremely tense and uncomfortable. So here, here's my couple of things I want to tip to this, Aaron, and, and let me know what, what you feel about it, too. Now, no. once again, this is Matt Hardy being involved in a storyline, quote-unquote, with realistic implications that involves his wrestling promotion. If you remember, Matt Hardy, when Lita was first introduced to WWE, there was those two in a relationship. Uh, rumor has it that you know Lita had left Matt and went to Edge, and they started a relationship, and that kind of transcended to the storyline purposes that happened as a real-life effect. And I just feel bad for Matt Hardy because even though now he's a TNA World Heavyweight Champion, and regardless, if you're a World Heavyweight Champion, any type of wrestling promotion, you're a World Heavyweight Champion. So now he is a world heavyweight champion. He's the top guy in TNA. And now he's in another story where it's like your real life situation is messing up what's going on with, you know, your, your, your job. And I just don't know how I feel about that. It's none his fault, I, I don't think, because it's between his wife and Awesome Kong. And then I'm thinking about Awesome Kong in a way, because remember when she debuted as Karma in WWE, she had a strong gimmick. And then she had a breakdown when she had her kid. So, and this was when she was revealed that she was pregnant at the time. That's why she had to be written off TV, and we haven't seen her in WWE since. But my thing is this, is, is something wrong psychologically with Karma where she can't maintain in the professional wrestling business because you can't keep, you know, private disputes or moments to the side. So it's like, I don't know if this is good for TNA, just getting any type of publicity, or this is just TNA, you just need to get off the face of the earth and just quit your wrestling company because... You have everybody leaving now, and now you're having your top people, both of men and women, going through this situation. It's like your company's a mess. But how do you feel about it, Aaron? Uh, I had a couple thoughts when I read the story. Um, I, I, I hadn't considered the uh, the Matt and Lita storyline, which ended up being a really great storyline when you kind of look at it in its mm-hmm. full form. At the time, it was just really groundbreaking stuff that you hadn't see, you hadn't seen anything that real in professional wrestling right. in a while. Um, Matt seems to surround himself with some, uh, some women that, uh, are a bit boisterous, we'll say. Um, 
so I, you know, that's kind of his choice, you know, bringing her into his profession. It is what it is. Um, as far as Karma, Awesome Kong, I, I prefer to call her Karma. I think that's a cooler name, but me too. that's just me. me too. Um, I, I do think they call it professional wrestling for a reason because you're supposed to act like a professional. Right. Um, you know, we've heard these stories before with, with like the Miz being kicked out of the locker room for like six months. And we're mm-hmm. hearing that, you know, um, Bronson Matthews, a.k.a. Josh from Tough Enough, he's pretty much banned from the locker room on on the main roster since I don't is it a fraternity or is it a profession like if I don't feel that um if you're going to be a legitimate business and a legitimate profession don't let your talent police the locker room if somebody does right. something unprofessional you you have natural consequences and those guys need to need to lose pay or lose ring time or both um awesome kong shouldn't be kicking anyone out of the you know out of the locker room like if she's a female talent and she's being paid to be there it's none of your concern what she's doing right if she's disrespectful to you address it in a professional way or you know take it to management but i just think we need to start or not i shouldn't say we because i'm not a part of the business nor do i care to be i prefer to remain a fan <laughs> be professional about it you know right. all it does is make all of the involved look bad when this type of stuff gets out and it certainly, like you said before, doesn't give TNA, which has a lot of ground to make up in terms of their name, doesn't give them any good, you know, a very good look either. Like this is the first time we've talked about TNA and how long on the podcast, and it's not about their product; it's about their exactly. talent getting out of line. So what does that exactly. say? You know what I mean? So that that's my thoughts on about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to comment on about it? I mean, we're both educators, so think about this: if somebody got kicked out the teachers' lounge. How would you think our jobs would be in the same type of scenario? I mean, like, literally, you could say, is it teacher's lounge a fraternity or is it, you know, is it a professional organization where you, you can do stuff, you know, to help your mindset or whatever? So if you say so a teacher got kicked out the, the teacher's lounge, how, how does that look? So yeah. I, I, I take a direct correlation when it comes to this. I mean, do you would you agree? I mean, yeah, I guess it, it's kind of a fair comparison, although, like, you know, it's not a lounge that these professional wrestlers are in. It's a locker room. And so like there's still that athletic mentality, like, like you would on a team. It's just, it's a different dynamic and things are handled in a different way. And I guess maybe being in the, in the wrestling business, maybe it's hard to distinguish. Sometimes this is a profession. This is a business. This isn't a sport, although there's a lot of sports elements to it. And I know. And then that's where you as an organization need to be, um, need to start handling your business a little in your talents a little bit better um i don't know that is i guess it is what it is it's not it doesn't make tna look good nor did they look good when they came out and called aj styles out when he kind of backed out of their deal well he probably backed out of your deal because you couldn't pay him enough and he didn't he would be able to draw more money and more star power more merch sales and more opportunities being a part of the, the biggest company on the block and thank God he's there now. We're gonna when we get into our our midweek Wednesday episode, we're gonna kind of deep dive into potential AJ Styles opponents and where he can go moving forward. Um, For sure. So yeah, I, I just think TNA looks kind of bush league. Yeah, sad but true. Um, our our third part of our three count. I, I wanted to save this for last. I wanted to talk about the the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's promo on Raw on Monday. <laughs> 
um, if, if we can call it a promo. I just want to kind of recap what happened. So we, we get word online and then at the beginning of Raw that we're going to have a big star making their return to Raw this evening. And then a, a limo pulls in and everyone's like, oh, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And ends up being The Miz. The Miz comes out, and then all of a sudden a black pickup truck comes in, and The Rock comes out, and obviously The Rock is the guy. He's, Raw was in Miami. It's The Rock's hometown. He's down there filming season two of Ballers for HBO. Um, he comes out, cuts a promo on The Miz, makes The Miz look bad, then walking through the arena kind of I, – I really liked the kind of the whole like backstage, you didn't know what was going to happen element to the promo because you knew he was going to eventually come out, but it was kind of a nice like prologue. It was. He he rips apart Lana with um what people some groups and WWE had to put out a statement against this was that uh they called it a very sexist promo against Lana's character. Uh, I don't know what Lana did to make people mad, but she has not had a good couple months of TV <laughs> since not the engagement. Um I can't remember if The Rock cut a promo on anyone else backstage. It might have just been those two. And so Big the, show. The big, the big show, show. the big show, and it was, it was, and big show played his part really well. Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. And so, what would you say time wise we're up to when he gets past the big show? We're up to like maybe seven, six, seven minutes there. Yeah, probably so. Okay, so then The Rock counts down his entrance. The crowd goes bananas. He, I mean, the entrance, waiting for the crowd to settle down, stop chanting. Although they didn't chant as long because I think they were kind of already starting to get tuckered out. This goes on for another three to four minutes. Okay, so now we're at roughly the 12 to 13 minute mark. I don't know, maybe I'm doing bad math there. Um, I'm also watching the NHL All-Star game while we record this, so I'm a little distracted. Yeah, same here. Hey, we can multitask. We're educated. So many goals in this game. Anyways, so then he cuts the promo about how he's back and he's going he's gonna to help WWE break records at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. And then the crowd starts chanting uh, Randy Savage because there's those group of guys that WWE moved <laughs> off camera that were dressed as Taker, Macho, Rock, and Hogan. Yep. So they moved them over to the the opposite side away from the camera. So then Rock says, oh, we're going off promo or off script here. And he goes and includes these guys. The guy that did the Macho Man impression was horrible, by the way. Uh, this This part of the promo went on for another three minutes, give or take. And, like, he kept, like, staring at different people in the crowd like they were part of this inside joke. But it just dragged so, so long. He acted like he didn't know who Byron Saxton was. He, was a, he said he called them that black guy I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then the New Day comes out and sort of, in my opinion, saves the thing because they were really spot on. They could hang with The Rock on the mic, which was amazing. And all this mm-hmm. kind of did was lead to the Usos. The Rock's cousins coming out, and you know they brawl with the New Day. Xavier Woods takes a uh, people's elbow. Um, this, I mean, the whole promo said and done lasted over twenty minutes. My question to you is: um, Given that The Rock has not indicated at all what his involvement with WrestleMania will be, what was accomplished here other than to pop the live crowd and a quarter-hour buy rate? You know what? I, I'm looking at it in a different way, and I think I may have heard this. I didn't read this anywhere. Maybe it was just a conversation I had with just another wrestling fan. I can't remember who. Maybe it was on Twitter. I don't remember. But this is where I think it's going to go, and I hope I'm not pushing too much into mania rebooking again. Now, we've got Roman Reigns trying to get his rematch back at Triple H for eliminating him at Royal Rumble. You brought out The Rock, in which The Rock 
touched on many different things. He didn't have a point to his promo except for one key word. As you just mentioned, he touched on different things. He talked about people in the backs, uh, in the background, in the locker room per se, or talked about people in the front with all script with the with the members of the fans that you even mentioned. But when he mentioned family, one thing triggered in my head. Yeah, he brought out the Usos, but could he also help defend Roman? But not defend Roman to try to get him at the belt. Defend Roman and the Usos. Let's say if they both lose and say, okay, authority, I'm tired of you picking on my family. I'm tired of you making sure you're setting up my family to lose. Why don't I take care of my family and let me fight you for the title at WrestleMania 32? I can actually see The Rock and Triple H. And we kind of touched on this before, just not in the same type of dynamic. But I would not be surprised if we see The Rock versus Triple H at WrestleMania 32, where you have on the sides Roman Reigns and The Usos. And on Triple H's side, his family, where you have Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and maybe even Shane come out. You never know. I can see that family element going to that, where maybe Triple H will go over The Rock. And then maybe that was set up for Roman to try to get his title again at a later time. I think you're definitely right in that they're trying to establish The Rock's relation to, you know, that Samoan lineage to the Usos and to Roman. I don't mm-hmm. feel that The Rock will be a part of um, the match in terms of being a competitor. Where I think they're going with it, I think that this is all leading to Roman Reigns getting his title back at WrestleMania. I think you're going to get Triple H and Roman in the main event for the title. I think Roman wins at Fastlane. But I think you're right. The Rock is going to establish that he's getting tired of seeing his family get kicked around. I think you see. I don't think you see the Usos out there in the main event. I, gotcha. I think what I, I think what I heard Ronda Rousey's movie schedule got pushed back, which is going to okay. open her up for WrestleMania. I think you see, and I should give credit because like I I did predict this, but I uh, uh-huh. Justin Labar uh, from uh, WrestleZone also laid this out in something I read that he posted online. I think it was part of an interview he did. But uh, uh-huh. And I'll, I guess I'll just say what he said, and I won't steal because I don't want people to think I'm just completely copying him. He uh-huh. said you have Roman with um, – well, I'll go on the other side first. You have Triple H with Vince and Steph in his uh-huh. corner. You have Roman with The Rock and Ronda Rousey in his corner. So you have a guy and a girl in each corner. Gotcha. And then they said the way to get Austin involved, because Austin pretty much confirmed that he's going to be there at WrestleMania, have Austin be the referee. He's the only one that can make – can keep order out there in his home okay. state in the main event of WrestleMania with all this crazy people involved. Um, that that could be interesting. I I think what you what you do when you put you know maybe the Usos, maybe the Rock, maybe Ronda out there is you build some protection for Roman. The crowd's going to be on their side, and by proxy, they're going to be on Roman's side. Do I think that this is going to completely work? You know, we have a lot of time to build this and to make people buy into Roman Reigns. Although, how many, it's almost been a couple years, yes, that's plural, that we've been trying to get Roman Reigns over as a babyface. And the fact that you have to maybe bring in his cousins, you know, or bring in The Rock or to bring in Ronda Rousey or have Triple H and Vince and Stephanie all involved to get him over as a babyface, maybe he's just not that good. Right. Maybe he's not good enough, you know. I think if you substituted a Dean Ambrose in, it would be more effective. If you put, at some point, not now, because he's a good heel now, but a babyface Kevin Owens in this spot, he would be mm-hmm. better. You could count on him being over and staying over as a babyface. I think you could put a Finn Balor in that spot 
and have him be over as a baby face. Even John Cena would work better in this scenario because, right. you know, as, as divisive as John Cena is, he could find a way to get cheered here, I think. Right. Um, that's where I think they're headed with it. But like I said, if that's where they're going with it, I don't think talking about llama you-know-whats and stuff was the way to accomplish this. I think all The Rock needed to do is come out and, you know, want to say what's up to my Miami fans, do all the catchphrases, and then say, like, by the way, I didn't like what happened to my cousin last night. That was messed up. I know that he's going to get his shot back at Fastlane. I look forward to seeing my cousin become the the three-time world heavyweight champion at WrestleMania. But then, like, where you could go from there is have the authority continue to stack the deck and stack the deck where it looks like it's impossible to Roman for Roman to win at WrestleMania without help. And then right. you bring The Rock back in. And they can still do that. I just feel like if all this was was to pop the crowd, even though you are going to have this guy involved in the main event at Mania, why not start to plant those seeds a little more? Why not have Vince come out? And be the the heel that like was getting at the rock instead of the new day, as cool right. as the new day was. I guess I just you have. I mean, they've been counting it down themselves on TV less than seventy days until cool. WrestleMania. Yeah, I know. I'm getting excited too. I just it's gonna take a lot of groundwork for this to to work out well for Roman Reigns. Two questions of that now. Is this too much like it was when we was there at WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan's feud with the authority? Do you think it's too close to that? And my second question would be is, what if this doesn't work for Roman being a top face? Because you know it's going to be a heavy adult crowd at WrestleMania as it always is. And what if Roman gets booed out his misery on the main event? How do you think WWE will respond? Do you think it was so successful? Or do you think they could probably program it to make it appealing for good entertainment? I I think that they're willing to go with it even if he gets booed because we saw them do that for an extended run with John Cena when he wasn't consistently over as a babyface. So I think that they're probably willing to stay the course. Do right. I think Roman Reigns is going to be successful and not get booed out of the building? I mean, like I said, they could put they could uh, really slot in a nice security blanket with you know The Rock and maybe a Ronda Rousey and Steph and. Vince out there, but I don't think the place is going to go bananas if he wins the title. I think it's pretty obvious that that's what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. the, the difference, I think this is, um, it's similar because you have some similar key players involved, but right. like Roman Reigns is obviously not a, a diminutive guy compared to the rest of the roster, specifically Triple H. Like Roman, Roman one-on-one, we all have, have bought into that he could, he could hang with these big guys, whereas Daniel Bryan was this smaller guy, and he, you you rooted for him as an underdog. Make mo- sure. Roman Reigns is not an underdog, other than that he has some odds to overcome with the authority. Um, I don't know. I think the biggest difference is that Daniel Bryan was over and was going to get cheered, and you didn't have to worry right. about that. Whereas, like they're booking the whole thing to protect Roman Reigns. You shouldn't. The guy that you put in as your top babyface, you shouldn't have to protect because he's already over. You would think. That's. I mean, I just wish at some point they would have realized that this wasn't going to quite work out. I don't mind that he still wrestles Triple H to get revenge. Why not have that be not for the title, and have you could still have the Rock involved with that. It would be a nice semi-main. Why not have Bray and Brock for the title in the main event, like I had suggested a couple episodes ago. 
that could, that could work too with the storyline they're going in. But the thing is, do you think Bray and Brock will main event WrestleMania? I do think, you think Br- that that's a name carry enough for that. Brock Lesnar, yes. Bray Wyatt, there's a reason you put guys in there with Brock Lesnar to make them better than right. once than whence they came in. That's true. That's going to probably be what this WrestleMania is looked at in a lot of ways is they put a lot of new guys in a lot of big spots. And it's not that they necessarily wanted to right now. It's because they had no choice. You right. know, Seth, you took, you take out, I just think of the guys whose pictures are on the WrestleMania DVD or the WrestleMania poster. You're going to take John Cena's face off of that. You're going to take Seth mm-hmm. Rollins' face off of that. You're going to take maybe a Cesaro, although I doubt he would have been involved in one of the main events. And instead, you're going to have to put a Bray Wyatt back in that spot again. You're going to have to put um, probably a Dean Ambrose, a Kevin Owens in those spots. Chris Jericho will be on the poster most likely. Right. The Undertaker. um, This is what I want to get into, my big thing for Wednesday's episode. Braun Strowman versus The Undertaker being rumored. A lot of people are going doo-doo on that. I think it's going to be tremendous. And I have a really great um, fantasy booking for how that could take us into WrestleMania 33 with John Cena. If uh, huh, okay. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm waiting to hear that. I will tease people with it now, and I want to get into that on Wednesday. But I think that would be a tremendous match. So um, huh. I guess what you know, the Rock's promo kind of led us into some talk about Roman Reigns. You know, it's nothing if not interesting. But again, I just don't see the dynamics working. Um, I appreciate that they're staying the course and not kind of like giving in because you saw they gave in with Daniel Bryan and the, it, I love that main event. I was in attendance for that main event at WrestleMania, but ultimately it's a waste because it's yeah. a main event that didn't lead to much because the guy's not healthy and can't stay healthy. Exactly. According to their doctors, not according to his doctors, but <sighs> yeah. Um, anything else on that last one before we, we wrap up the quick three count here? No, but the key thing you said is less than 70 days away. And really, when you think about it, time's going to fly by. Tomorrow's February 1st. Let's say two months and some change. You're, we're, well, two months from, from February 1st, exactly. We'll be in Dallas April 1st. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's getting close. So And then Fastlane is only a mere two weeks away. February 24th, I think it's the or 23rd, I think is the pay-per-view date. Is that for what that. it is? And Fastlane is going to be the fast curve, no pun intended, to Mania. <laughs> So we got to make sure that whatever storyline bookings that you're doing, you complete it by fast lane, so you can you know put the icing on the cake in the process to WrestleMania. Because when WrestleMania comes, you got to put your show. Rather is is bringing people in for attendance or those people that you want to bring that are high profile people, bringing them to wrestling. So it, it, WWE has some work to do. It's exciting, but at the same time, we're just anxious to see that it's done correctly. Yeah, and. Um at this point, I think they've they've already established where they're going, and it's just going to be a matter of mm-hmm. execution at this point. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I I look forward to. It, it's going to be weird flying down to Dallas, and like the main event is not going to be the thing I'm most jazzed about. I'm going to be jazzed more about you know a Bray Wyatt versus a Brock Lesnar. I'm going to be more mm-hmm. excited for um, Undertaker Strowman if that's what they end up doing, which I think would be. Awesome. I'm excited to see AJ Styles in front of 100,000 people because that's never yep. happened before. Not that big of a crowd on that big of a stage with that great of a talent. Right. I'm excited to see Kevin Owens in his first WrestleMania and potentially Sami Zayn in his first WrestleMania, although we'll see what happens there. He's not in the mm-hmm. main event of TakeOver, which makes me think maybe he is going to start coming up against Kevin Owens soon. Who knows? 
it's going to be an interesting ride. And um, I think it's one that we are going to look back either fondly on or maybe a little bit critical of, especially with Roman Reigns. But maybe in this day and age, there is no baby face that's going to stay over like that. Although I can think of a couple, but they want that look, but they also need to understand that it's got to work for their core audience too. It does. Because we're the ones that are going to be staying subscribed or not subscribed to the network. Obviously, I'm a lifelong fan. I'm not going anywhere, but there's those those fringe fans that are. Right. So and you don't bring up your ratings from a day after the Royal Rumble just to plummet down to, to the low twos again, you know, if you're not going to be consistent in your product. And I think a lot of that intrigue to keep maybe us hardcore fans invested since we're not into the Roman Reigns thing is going to be let the Wyatt family just go nuts mm-hmm. and just wreak havoc. And I want to give, I don't want to step on the toes of Wednesday's episode too much, but let's talk more about that on the next episode too. Um, so this, um, this was the three count. We're going to try and make this, um, our regular Sunday programming. Um, and then we'll have our, um, our deep dive Wednesday episode coming out on Wednesday, obviously. So look forward to that. We'll talk about potential AJ style styles, bookings and opponents. We'll talk about the Wyatts and Braun Strowman and potentially The Undertaker, just because that's the rumor online. We'll talk about whatever happens on Raw tomorrow night and I don't know. Other well, we stuff. need something to talk about since football's over. We do. I'm <laughs> Two Chambers is going to be insufferable with the Panthers' Super Bowl coming up in exactly one week. He's going to be exactly. he's going to be insufferable, but that's okay. We I I can take it. We won last year. I'm not too bitter, but um oh big news in football just real quick calvin johnson rumored to be retiring what are your thoughts about that age 30 yeah barry sanders 2.0 but i can definitely understand uh, me being a 49ers fan patrick willis did the same thing if people don't realize calvin johnson had a, a terrible ankle injury that he played through all year and when you do so much as a football player just to keep your body in shape to stay healthy Sometimes if you're probably like Calvin Johnson, I would assume you got some money, you got some great endorsement deals, you're coming out not a concussed uh, person, you did have probably, probably will have ankle surgery in this offseason, and you can say, I can walk away from this game at the top and, and live the rest of my life healthy and, and not look back and say that I did everything in my career that I wanted to do, why not? I mean, you're not going to play in the NFL forever, you know, and he'll probably look good at 50, 60 years old which some of his compartners or companions probably won't look as good because they just give their body to the game so much. Yep. So all respects to him, anybody that wants to retire early. Patrick Willis did it. You know, Barry Sanders did it, who is a, you know, a Detroit Lions great. Um, and that was Calvin Johnson's turn. So no no problem with that at all. No, I don't either. I, I wish guys would almost get out of the game earlier. Once you make your money, I guess, what's the point? Because you you're doing long-term irreparable damage football is a very violent game and i don't feel bad for any guys that choose that path make no mistake about it that's a choice and he's making a choice to get out as one of the most respected receivers to ever touch the football um much respect to him if and when that does uh come to pass that he does retire it'll be a very new look and maybe a new a new ground game based strategy for detroit moving forward Mm-hmm. Their quarterback, Lord knows, he's taken his licks up into yes. Detroit too. So, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's deep dive more into um, what happens on Raw and AJ Styles and the Wyatts and Fastlane and Roman Reigns and the Divas. We didn't even touch on the Divas. I'm still loving what they're doing with the Divas. Divas are one of my favorite parts of Raw. We'll get into all that more on the next episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. 
Make sure you um, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Just search Big Gold Belt. You'll find us. We were uh, ranked in kind of the top echelon of Royal Rumble reviews in the iTunes store, which was really cool to see this week. Awesome. Yeah, we um, you can find all of our programming also at uh, BGB Group at Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. Twitter is uh, at BGB Group, Facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. You can find us there too. But uh, make sure you catch us in our, our upcoming programming on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's Sundays with the three count, Wednesdays for the deep dive. And until next time with Salas, this is Aaron. We'll catch you guys. Thank you for listening to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast.